This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for online creatives. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 20. I first met today's guest Julia of Humphrey and Grace at a rooftop party in London hosted by Instagram. So we followed each other for years, four of them to be exact, and I've seen her account grow from its early days to the massive 200,000 plus following that she enjoys today. So we caught up for a bit of a natter and our chat covers everything from changing your Instagram username, dealing with imitation and copying the dreaded algorithm, calling yourself a photographer and lots, lots more. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Julia. Hello. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'd like you to introduce yourself to everybody who's maybe not met you yet. Okay, um, my name is Julia. I am a photographer and avid Instagrammer and I write a lifestyle blog called Humphrey and Grace. Yeah, that's me. So Humphrey and Grace is your Instagram username as well, but it wasn't always. So I wonder if some people might have known you previously as Julia Beside the Sea. They may well have done, yes. How was the experience of changing your username out of interest? Um, I think I deliberated far longer than I needed to. I had a bit of a panic about it affecting my engagement and affecting what people thought of me, I suppose, because to go from a very personal name to something more of a business name, I didn't really want it to be a negative thing. In actual fact, I gave fair warning. I sort of said over the week or two beforehand, I'm going to change my name. Then I did it. And afterwards, I had a brilliant reception to it and actually had a really good year following. So yeah, maybe a panic I didn't really need to have. Yeah, I suppose it's impossible to ever know like what would have been different if you hadn't. But it doesn't seem to have held you back in any way. What you've just passed 200k, haven't you? Followers? I have. Yeah. So yeah, it's not held you back too badly. (laughs) No, it hasn't. And I know I often say that it's not all about the numbers. But these things we do take note of them and they are something that we worry about so yeah honestly it was something that I had a bit of a panic about but yeah it was all fine and I kept the other name I was so attached to it I couldn't quite bring myself to delete that account and let someone else use it in the future so I've still got that account as well. So how did you do that did you just swap you just reclaim the name from a different account? So I changed the name first on the second account I put in a I had Humphrey and Grace and Julia Beside the Sea I just added a digit to one of them and then swapped the other one over and did the same with the other. And the whole process took me about two minutes, during which I panicked that someone was going to (laughs) be online simultaneously (laughs) using my name, which, of course, they weren't. Um, So logistically, it was absolutely fine. People had said to me, oh, you can't use a name once it's been uh, chosen by somebody before. But I suppose unless the account is still there or dormant, then... Yeah, I think there's a thing where you can't sign up, possibly with a name that's been claimed before, but you can switch to it, if that makes sense. Right, okay. I need to check that out. But I think I think there's something about that. So they, they realise that people maybe want to switch names between accounts, so it's possible to do it that way, but they don't let whole new users sign up with previous existing names. But I might be wrong about that, so... People should go and test it and tell them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a theory there, isn't there? There's a, I, I'm, I'm, it's ringing some bells distantly in the back of my brain, but that is something people wonder about quite often, is like how quickly it gets put back into the pool so if you can really quickly claim it again. So it's good to know that you were able to do it in the space of two minutes. Yeah, it was instant. I mean, this is just over a year ago I did it and I had just over 100,000 followers. So it was something, obviously to me, it was a huge thing. 
but yeah the name was there as soon as I took it off one account it was there for the other the thing that holds me back is knowing how many places I'm registered under my Instagram name (laughs) yeah you know like all those agencies and all those apps and yeah it's a bigger thing so for me obviously Humphrey and Grace was the name I had on every single platform except Instagram so it was it was just the one change for me yeah to bring Instagram in line with the rest of my online name but yeah I can see it's a bigger thing if you've got to change it across all platforms it's a bit like getting married and taking your husband's name a lot of forms to fill in (laughs) yeah yeah but you know if it's a name that you're really attached to and that you really want to be your brand then go for it I say totally worth it yeah because you've never looked back have you no I haven't and I've not even thought about changing it again actually it was this is my third username my first username was even worse but yeah I'm you're gonna have to tell us no 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 you're gonna have to tell us do you not remember see I knew you back then and you probably you must have forgotten I was called Julia Bump because I was pregnant when I downloaded the app do you remember Oh my goodness, that has completely left my brain. Well, wow. so well, Anna is five now, so clearly I'm not pregnant anymore, and that name, <laughs> that name kind of outdated itself pretty quickly. Yeah, that is. Um, we were talking earlier, you and I, about whether or not I would have another child in future. But that, you know, my username is a consideration. What would I do? Because I'm me and Orla. You could be me and Orla, and <laughs> yeah, and add another one. Yeah, just keep going. Just keep going, getting longer and longer. And yeah, more have and more ten children, and then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there is no danger, Julia, that I'm going to have 10 children. No, I actually wouldn't advise it on myself, but then that's my experience. Three is enough. Thank you very much. Well, all, as Ola said to me yesterday, one's enough, mummy. One's yeah. enough. <laughs> but she that's knows. a vested interest for her, isn't it? Yeah, she's biased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that was a tangent I took us on, but I think it will have been useful. I know it's something lots of people think about. But getting back to what you do, really. So you blog and you do some sponsored content on Instagram. But I know that you sometimes worry about whether or not you can call yourself a photographer, which makes me laugh because in my head, of course, you're a photographer. I do. I do. And all my biographies say that I'm a photographer. But I think I've always thought of a professional photographer as someone who has either a studio setup, which I don't, I just use my home, or who's taking photographs for big magazines and publications and TV. And I think in my head, what I do is somehow less worthy of the title of photographer, which, as you said yourself, is silly because it's how I earn my income, which technically makes me a photographer. But yeah, it's one that I've struggled with. It is a really common problem. I hear it a lot in like my courses and things of people who... Yeah, people who are being paid to take photos, but just don't trust it, don't feel like they can write that in their bio. And so they write takes photos or makes pictures yeah. instead, because that feels safer. Yes, exactly. And I've been there. I remember my, my bio used to say writes things and takes pictures rather than writer and photographer. <laughs> yeah. I remember funny. when it said that. It's true. But I, when I'm talking to other people, I can see how it's undervaluing what they do. But put the hat on myself and I just go, oh, no. No, I can't possibly call myself that because that's not what I do. It's silly. Well, from from the outside, I have to tell you, Julia, you are a photographer. You're an exceptionally good (laughs) photographer as well. Oh, well, thank you. And I think it's really interesting that we're all sort of feeling that it goes back to that thing that I covered in an episode with Sass Petherick about imposter syndrome and not, not really feeling completely worthy yeah but I like that you use it that you go ahead and you stick it in there even though you feel that self-doubt because that's what we have to do if we don't put ourselves out there and kind of take ourselves seriously 
then how can we possibly expect anybody else to? Exactly that. And I actually, I feel really strongly about this because, you know, why shouldn't we? Why can't we? What is to say that we aren't photographers and writers because it's what we do? I think the other thing, the other sort of spanner in the works for me is that I'm self-taught. I didn't do a course in photography. Mm-hmm. And in some way, because it's not a qualification, it feels like it's pretend. Yes. But it's not. It's not. I know it's not. And I know, like you say, talking to other people, I would say to them exactly what you say to your students. You are a photographer. You know, if you're earning money from it, technically, that makes you a photographer. The description is no more complicated. So, yeah, why this self-doubt? I think it's partly because what we do is so new. It's such a new branch of photography, sort of the world of Instagram and photography for social media, really, like that content creation. And partly I, I do wonder if it's just a very female thing that we like to have that qualification. Like we we think, oh, I want to do something, so I'll go and get a degree in it rather than yeah. just I'll go and do it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How we look for validation in something rather than just being confident in our own ability and knowing that we can do it. We kind of go, oh, I need to have that from that institution to make it worth it. Yeah, someone was telling me, and I wish I could remember the statistic properly, But there was something about how like when a job description is written, it says you need so many qualifications, like men on average will look at it, see that they've only got about 25% of the qualifications and apply. And women will look at it and see that they've got like 100% of the qualifications and still not apply. There's some sort of quote or statistic around that. But basically means like the men and boys are growing up thinking that's fine. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I can kind of, you know, can kind of fake it till I make it. And women, on the other hand, we tend to look at it and go, oh, I'm still not good enough. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah, I wonder if that's something that as a society we need to address a little bit more. Yeah, I think and possibly our education system is somewhere to blame. And yeah, it's a complicated issue, but it's interesting and it fits actually with a lot of the conversations I have with people and I hear people saying things that fit with that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So in terms of your photography, which it is photography, yes, <laughs> you're kind of known for a couple of types of shots in particular. They're not all you do by any stretch, but they are possibly your most famous shots. Would you agree? Oh, yes. I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. So cups in frames. Yes. cups. In- yes. I do like a good flat lay. You are the queen <laughs> of floral flat lays oh thank you yeah I'm not sure about that mantle but yes it's something I've had a couple of people recently that I've not met before who you know how when you introduce yourself to someone and they say oh yeah what's your username and they'll bring up your account often if you're standing in front of them it can be quite embarrassing and (laughs) the comment that I get most of all is oh you really like your florals don't you oh yes I do who doesn't (laughs) yeah exactly and are you a florist and and that kind of thing but do you know what I've always loved florals I think it might be being a child of the 80s and having the whole chintzy Laura Ashley (laughs) yeah exactly and growing up with things like Victoria Plum and you know all the um yeah very floral times and also I'm a gardener I'm really interested in what's growing now I love wildflowers I'm sure you've found that throughout my gallery it's something that genuinely interests me and I'm lucky to live in an area of the country where we have a huge diversity of natural habitat for wildlife and wildflowers so yeah it just interests me nature's free instagram props <laughs> yeah they are exactly and you get the nice sky so you know what's not to love win-win and this actually is something we talk about in my new course bloom and grow quite a lot because that's exactly the argument i make really that 
that flowers are for everybody. Like, unlike something like pictures of babies or even pictures of food, which some people have really negative associations with for whatever reason, it's not so universal. There is nobody that has a negative response to flowers. Like, even if you have horrendous hay fever, you can still enjoy a picture (laughs) of flowers. Well, do you know what? It's ideal if you've got hay fever, isn't it? Because there's, like, all the beauty without the sneezing. Yeah, it's it's made for hay fever sufferers. Yeah. So I think that in part, like... Like florals are, are, and like you say, they're free, that you don't have to go and buy them. And it's no. it's for everybody. And it bugs me sometimes when people see flowers as being just for girls or just a feminine thing. Because we don't say that about trees. Like you can buy a man a plant, but at the point where it springs flowers, all of a sudden it's meant to become female. It just seems a bit ridiculous yeah, to me. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it is ridiculous. And actually some of the best gardeners, like some of the best chefs, we shouldn't be stereotyping, are men. Yes. And actually gardening itself is everything from propagation to cultivation. Anyway, without going into the technical details, why should the flower be any less for men than the whole idea of gardening? Absolutely. I completely agree. And I suspect you have your fair share of male followers. I mean, Instagram can be a female orientated world for a lot of us but I'm sure there are lots of men out there who follow you as well yeah I mean it's my the split is quite interesting I, I still have statistics which I am slightly addicted to and I have it's something like 25% men yes I think I am about 25% men too yeah which is is great you know everyone's welcome absolutely so cups in frames talk about that for a little bit oh cups in frames <laughs> They started such a long time ago now, and I know we've spoken about it before. They actually started at quite a dark place. I had a really difficult time after my youngest was born. I was particularly low for a long time. I had postnatal depression, blah, blah, blah. I'm not dulling that down. It's a massive issue, but it's not what I really want to talk about here. And actually, what happened was I was taking part in the hashtag challenge on Instagram, and I had picked some wildflowers and weeds what people call weeds from the forest floor and one of them just happened to trail itself around my cup and I thought oh quite like that and this is like four years ago now so it kind of sparked a composition of sorts and it became what I did for a very long time it was like the cornerstones of my gallery I would put them in Every week or two, there'd be a new one. I would really enjoy it. It became an escapism because it meant I was concentrating rather than on worrying about how things were framed because they were all framed exactly the same way. I could just enjoy putting them in a pretty pattern and color complementary and all this kind of stuff. So it, it, yeah, it became a real escapism for me. Over time, I have posted them less and I do post them less because as happens with Instagram, the idea becomes, ooh, that's an Instagram thing. Mm. And it changes direction. So it didn't kind of have the same meaning for me anymore. That's interesting. So you found that it was something that a lot of other people started to incorporate into their galleries as well. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know, I suppose in my head, I've always thought of it as this was, it was kind of like my therapy for a while. Creating photographs was something that I used to escape the noise of everyday life. I had a noisy toddler at home and, you know, she's brilliant. But when she would go up for a nap, I would think, oh, I'm just going to make a photograph. And, mm. you know, I really enjoyed it. And I suppose it, it devalues it a little bit when other people go, oh, that's a way to get lots of likes and a really pretty picture. I'll do it too. And then the idea spread and spread. And now I'm pretty sure most people who share them now have never even come across me or have any idea that this is something that came from my head. And, 
you know, I'm not claiming that nobody's ever thought to do the same thing by themselves. Perhaps there are other people out there who've done it too, but, you know, it doesn't mean the same thing to me anymore. I guess I've kind of moved on from that. Yeah, that makes sense. And because there is this kind of this strange Instagram zeitgeist where we're all consuming the same inspiration and there's that overlap. And so sometimes things spring up that are similar and then other times things spring up that are direct tribute shall we say (laughs) tribute yes that's a good word (laughs) to an image that's been seen and yeah there's gray areas in there that can feel a little bit uncomfortable definitely there are and you know there's an awful lot of photos that are very similar I know I still post photos that you might mistake as somebody else's and you know I think the only thing that ever stuck in my mind about it was it's not something you just happen to come across it's a deliberately styled photograph that you must have been inspired to take and I suppose for a little while I found that a difficult pill to swallow because it's like a direct copy yeah but you know Instagram is what it is what can you do about it not an awful lot really and no. I'd rather have inspired other people to take a really pretty photo than um, have them sort of never pick up a camera if you see what I mean I'd rather inspire somebody to create something than have people feel like they never can yeah that's a really good do you way see of what I mean it. and it's contradicting myself but but that's what we do we're human and we can have yeah. we can hold both sides of kind of an argument in our head at the same time can't we yeah exactly and I do often which is why I don't another reason why I don't post them I just sit on the fence I take them every single time I do the calendars now every single time I do them I put the cup in the middle and take it with the cup in the middle but- uh. I've got them all. I just can't quite bring myself to post them. It doesn't feel quite the same for you. It's interesting. And copying is an interesting topic all in of itself. It's something I've been having a lot of conversations with women about lately Mm. because it, it can feel incredibly uncomfortable. It can feel really personal. Yeah, it it can. In in many ways, it is very personal, but usually not to the person doing the copying. They've just seen something they want and think, oh, I can have that. Yeah. So what's interesting about it, and I have spoken to people who've copied me before. I don't so much anymore, but you know, when when everything's new, like you kind of go in all guns blazing and, (laughs) you know, not always tactfully. (laughs) And I have spoken to people about it before and I've had every excuse under the book every reason you can think of and it's fine I have come to the conclusion that we don't all look at copying the same way so what I might think of as I have obviously inspired your photograph someone else might go no not at all because I've used slightly different props and I've used a different cup so yeah do you know what I mean there's just a discrepancy between what's inspired and what's not inspired and you know and it's a funny thing I think sometimes like if if you're like perhaps you and I and have a very clear like a really really quite strict rules with yourself about well I'm not going to do that because someone else has done it and I need to find my own thing yeah it can then be quite surprising to encounter somebody who kind of thinks everything is fair game and yeah and that's absolutely that's the natural order of things yeah and it's fine as I say we all think differently about these things the only thing I've struggled with is how I react to it you know and I can quite happily let it go and say okay well that person's posted that you know I don't choose to have it in my feed there have been quite a few people who I've gone oh actually I'm not really happy about that so I won't see your photos anymore I've unfollowed people basically because of it but at the same time live and let live it's happening it's all over the place there are certain things that are definite Instagram cliches that we all post I mean look at it there's some buildings at the moment you see 
daily, if not one. <laughs> the London buildings. One, yeah, there was one particular building I saw in my feed three times in the last 12 hours. And I think that's that's fine. You've all walked past the same building and all the rest. But it's the beauty of Instagram is you can choose which you see and which you don't fairly easily. They might appear in hashtags. Scroll past. Absolutely. You know, you don't have to swallow it. You can just go, okay. I'm just going to walk away. Keep on moving by. Yeah. And it is it is the risk we take by putting our stuff out there on the internet for people to consume, I suppose, that, yeah, that it's it's there for people to reinterpret as well. And we just have to trust that no matter how much somebody is trying to replicate what we do, they're never going to be able to really do that because the thing that makes us us is our uniqueness. Exactly. And that you've hit the nail on the head. And this is also the advice I give to because I do get asked quite often, as you do, about copying and how to deal with it. You've got to remember you're always on the front foot. They're always on the back foot. You have ideas in your head that you will move forward. They may copy you, but they'll always be a step behind. So don't let it put you off. Don't stop posting things if you want to post them. You know, if you want to stop, stop fine. If you're still enjoying it and it's still worthwhile for you, carry on. Doesn't matter what other people do. There will always be copying. It will always be rife. It's, if anything, a bigger thing now than ever before because of social media, because people like us are able to share on a worldwide platform. You know, it's out there for everybody. These little ideas that might otherwise have stayed in your circle are now everywhere. The best one I ever got was, do you remember my Me and Luke Skywalker project? Yeah, yes. (laughs) One day I... I don't even know where I was someone sent it to me on Twitter actually I woke up one morning and a heap of people had sent it to me and it was a girl who was doing she called it me and Mark Hamill but he is the actor that plays Luke Skywalker she had a cardboard cut out of him and she was making videos and pictures of her like you know kissing him and kind of taking it a little bit further actually than I did and I was just like what is this like we have gone 40 years without anyone making a project yeah with and a all of a sudden <laughs> and <laughs> she even called it me and when like the only reason mine was called me and Luke Skywalker is because of my blog like I could have come up with a catchier name so like, yeah it that made me realize that people really will just jump onto anything if they think it's a good idea and you kind of just have to let it go you do because actually at the end of the day the person that ends up feeling bad about it is you yes it's not the person who's borrowing your ideas it's you so yeah find a way to deal with it whether it's walking away or you know just approaching them if you feel comfortable or whatever it is find a way to deal with it and move on and somebody trying to be like you can't dull your sparkle no they can't just be yourself again I know you say it to your students and I say it to people who I speak to the best thing you can be is yourself yes it sounds cliched but it's so true yeah absolutely just you know let it go be yourself you will move on the journey that you're on they'll go on their journey and actually they might love what you do now and it might be someone else next year just keep being you that's that is the best possible advice there you go <laughs> i feel i feel like we've had a little therapy session that's what it is it's like therapy therapy with humphrey <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing i'd tune in every week please yeah. <laughs> please have me on your show yeah of course so what's coming up for you in the next few months okay so i'm currently penning a couple of courses e-courses on based around photography ah. not social media as such more on 
sort of branding yourself with photography, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's something that's translatable across all platforms, whether you're a brand or a personal user of social media. It's just a clear aesthetic and um, how to achieve it, that kind of thing. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I'm liking the way it's shaping up. So I'm hoping to release those in September, October time. Brilliant. Writing an e-course is a slug, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. And there's so much research involved and you know but I'm really enjoying the process because it's something I haven't really branched out into before so I've written lots of tutorials on my blog but to actually put together a bigger picture that I think might help people and be a constructive thing I know you know yourself is it's a big job actually it's so hard because you want it to be perfect and there's always more that you want to tell people so I find like I write it and then I think oh but I can also tell them this and this and this and you reach a point (laughs) where you're in danger of giving too much information and overwhelming exactly it's picking that point isn't it and I find that you know like we do in conversation sometimes I digress a bit and oh right okay that's great but maybe we'll (laughs) maybe we'll just cut it off there and shelve that for another time because there's as you say so much goes into it and the big picture could just go on and on infinitely couldn't it absolutely what's nice I'm doing at the moment is I'm kind of 2.0ing my insta retreat so that's my complete instagram course so I'm going through and literally every question that's ever been asked on the course by any of the people that have taken it I'm making sure that's answered in the content and I'm kind of updating everything because instagram changes so quickly and I'm always trying to update it kind of on the fly so I'm going back through and making sure it's all really consistent now and and everybody who's taken it before gets access but it also means that anyone that takes it in future hopefully gets the new improved version yeah well the currently relevant one because as you say I mean Instagram changes pretty much daily I think the algorithms learn constantly oh my goodness the algorithm we really should be talking about that as we should, well okay we should touch on that yes probably um you wrote a really nice blog post recently that I really agreed with about kind of just not worrying too much about what the algorithm's up to yeah I just I think an awful lot I know we all move in slightly different circles but an awful lot of what I've heard has been how terrible it is and engagement's terrible and uh, this is down and that's down okay let me put it out there the thing that I have struggled with is that they cut my audience in half Mm. I do think that was unfair and I don't really understand why they did it but beyond that I'm still trying to make the best of it I'm still going to keep posting because I love the community I love photography there are a million and one reasons why I was there beforehand and they still exist I throw my toys out of the pram I've got cross about it like everybody else but do you know what? They're not going to change it just because we're not happy with it. They're, it's in their interest to run it this way, obviously. So Yeah, and the users like you and I and the people listening are actually a really small percentage of the Instagram user base. So how many yeah. is it? Is it like 500 million? I don't know. However many there are. I mean, they said the Instagram quoted at, at this event I was at a little while ago. Um, their Instagram representative there quoted that they grown by 150 million users in the space between they introduced this new algorithm and the non-chronological feed and it was what was it April this year so for them it's a massive success story and you know business-wise you can you can kind of see what they're saying it's it has done good things 
for their figures, for their statistics. And the teenage market, who are obviously the people that they've got their eye on, I think they, they love it. They're happy with it. Yeah, and they've done some brilliant things. I absolutely love stories. I can't help it. I just think they're <laughs> yes. brilliant because you can put all this stuff on as you go and, you know, it disappears in 24 hours. It's fantastic. So there are really good things about it. And I think also we forget to be encouraging about things. I think we get so stuck in this negative mindset that we forget to go, actually, this is a really good thing. And look, you've connected me with people all over the world. I mean, Sarah, I would never have come across you if it hadn't been for Instagram. This is true. We wouldn't be having these conversations if it wasn't for Instagram. Exactly. And I've known you now, what, four or five years? Most of the time I've been on Instagram, let's be frank, when we both had about three followers. (laughs) Yes. So you know what? I just, Instagram is an amazing app. It's not perfect, but it's an amazing app. And it's free. I mean, we don't pay for the privilege, do we? And I've built an entire career thanks to that free little app on my phone. So I do. And that that was one of the things I said at the conference I mentioned a couple of episodes ago where the Instagram representative was having quite a hard time from the audience. Yeah. And I said, you know, I, I, I do appreciate that this is a free service you're offering me and you know I'm going to use it however I can yeah exactly I, I think an awful lot of it is about our mindset and being able to go yeah that that aspect of it is not ideal but I'm going to flip a switch and I'm going to say but this is brilliant and this is really good and actually it gives me access to that and I can speak to brands person to person rather than it being you know big brand and tiny customer I can speak to them on a more personal level Um, I can find people who have a common interest. Yeah, and connect visually rather than by words, which I there's no other app that lets us do that. Find people we don't already know on a visual connecting level because Twitter is probably the equivalent, but you do that with words. So you maybe find people who have similar political beliefs or hobbies or whatever to you on Twitter. On Instagram, we find people who have those things in common with us that maybe we can't quite put into words. Exactly. It's about people seeing the world the way that you see it. And actually, I don't know about you, but I am a a really visual person. I will always open a magazine and flick through and look at all the pictures before I read a single thing. And that gives me a feel for the magazine before I necessarily even bought it. If I like the pictures, I'm more likely to pick it up. And this translates into my whole life. I kind of keep my memories in pictures. I keep my experiences in pictures. I don't want to overlook the small moments, the cup of tea with some nice flowers. I don't want to kind of dismiss it as unimportant because every quiet moment is something to be enjoyed. And you and I both have these amazing records now of the last five years of our lives, including those quiet moments. And yeah, yeah. I literally, you could show me any picture from my Instagram feed from day one and I could tell you where I was when I took it and a little bit of a story about why I took it yeah exactly and it's sort of I mean I don't know what I'm sure you're the same but there are certain pictures of yours I could say I really loved that and it's stuck in my mind and it's something you took like for example the one where you were stringing stars over the doorway oh the Christmassy one (laughs) and that's such a long time ago but it's something that's always stuck with me so you know maybe we're doing that for other people maybe they can say oh yes I remember when you did that and you know it's just that connection that you don't get in any other way definitely and the nice thing about Instagram that hasn't changed is really beautiful meaningful photography will still get a response and will still help you connect in that way like it might not be as easy to spread it around as it used to be it might occasionally kind of fall flat and you're never sure why but for the most part if you're still taking brilliant content 
you're still going to get a really nice response. Yeah, exactly. And actually, the thing that I've noticed more than anything over the last six months is the type of comments. So there's still the one word or emoji comments, the throwaway comments, as you would call them, I suppose. But some of the comments now, I get proper conversation out of people. There's a thought behind the comment. There's a question or there's a meaning to it that there wasn't originally. It used to just be three emojis or I did it myself. You just say nice photo, Mm -hmm. well taken. Now there's more of a kind of consideration, I find. That's really true, actually. There's a lot more discussion that goes on than in the early days. Yeah. And maybe we don't celebrate that enough. No, exactly. And, you know, that. The loyalty of people, it never ceases to amaze me. I don't know these people, these 200,000 people. I am baffled that even one would want to follow my photographs. So to have that many people, I am so eternally grateful that even five of them like a photo, never mind 5,000 or, you know, a good photo might be more. It's just an amazing thing. Yeah, when you put it in those terms, it's it feels so incredibly fortunate. Yeah, it is. And to have that chance to to slightly change someone's day a little bit with your picture maybe, like give them 5 seconds of respite from whatever's going on around them. Exactly. And this is the kind of comment I'm talking about. You know when people might leave a comment of your photos are always calm or they're always nice color or there's you're giving them something small and happy in their day and that to me is all I need to do. That's why we do it. Yeah, if I can make someone smile even for a second or two, then I'm I'm good with that. That's fine. Yeah, then it's all been worth it. Yeah, exactly. It's a strange thing. I don't know about you, but in my everyday life I don't know many people who do what I do. No. I know a lot of people who have desk jobs or work for services or, you know, amazing people, paramedics, all kinds of fantastic jobs, but they don't get what I do, which is fine. They don't have to get what I do, but it's nice to talk to someone who does. Absolutely. Not have to spend the first (laughs) half an hour just trying to explain what it is. So what I do is I take photographs and I put them on Instagram and then, well, how does that earn you money? (laughs) (laughs) Where do we even start? It's brilliant. I love this crazy job of ours. Yes, it is a crazy, brilliant and really fun world that we get to live in. That's a whole, yeah, the way that the industry is developing, I find absolutely fascinating. Yeah, the, the direction things are going in, what do you make of that? I do, I find it absolutely fascinating. I think, as I say, that the access for normal folk like us to this secret world of press days and um, press releases and glitzy parties the parties the events there and it's all about let's let's face it it's all about word of mouth about spreading the word about what people are doing about what brands are up to but you know if you genuinely believe in a brand or a customer would use their products this is a brilliant way to get the word around because we're saying yeah I really love this and you know what a brilliant experience and people listen because we're normal people we're not kind of A lot of these events, they're not paid. We're not paid to say this stuff. We just say it because we genuinely believe it. Yeah, and I think there's a a little learning curve that people go on where maybe at first they get their heads turned and agree to things that maybe aren't the best fit. Yeah. Or if you are being paid, it's easy to get, you know, if you're struggling that month and you need the money, you can sometimes end up agreeing to something that you later regret and I've definitely seen that happen to a lot of people but like you say with the with press events and things like that they're generally unpaid for most people and it's just a bit of a schmooze yeah it is and you get treated like like a celebrity for a little while yeah it's I mean I again I don't get me wrong I know I'm really lucky to get invitations to any of these things and I know it's a, a lifestyle that a lot of people would love to have 
but yeah it, it, it's good fun it is really what can good I say fun. and <laughs> I have to say like having worked previously in the NHS there was no schmoozing and there was no champagne and there were no fancy shoes so I definitely appreciate it I count my lucky stars yeah me too I mean my last job let's be honest I I had a desk job I worked in an insolvency department at an accountant oh. and it, it was soul destroying stuff yeah. it's like the worst of the worst time for people so I thank my lucky stars every day that I get to do this job that's all about good and happy and making people feel good and introducing them to things that perhaps they might not have come across that might be really useful or interesting or that they might genuinely like so yeah being able to pick and choose that what a luxury so um have you got a top tip or two for people who are maybe looking to improve their photography or looking to get started moving in this direction yeah I mean I would also always say to people just start at the beginning the best thing you can do is practice get out and shoot and practice just have a go it may go wrong I mean I can't tell you how many photographs are on my cutting room floor it's almost embarrassing (laughs) but for every five that go wrong one might go right and then you think all right that went right because and then try it again and and that's it's trial and improvement isn't it exactly and the best thing you can do is just have a go that is such a good tip and that's the thing sometimes that holds people back is they take the first few pictures it's not what they expected and so they they want to stop and you have to just keep working through it you have to get through that period of kind of sucking a little bit yeah to get to the point where you get to being good Exactly. And you know what? If you want a really good nosy, scroll down to the bottom of any of the big account galleries and have a little look at how we did it. And okay, a lot of my really old photos aren't there anymore. Did you go and have a cull? So bad. I had a (laughs) cull. But there is a post on my blog which has some of my first Instagram photos. And I think you'd have a real giggle, actually. We'll link to that in the show notes then because I think people need to see it. Yeah, they do. We all start somewhere and we could all improve. Just have a go. Yeah, I do actually on my blog. I do a little series where I pull up my really old embarrassing photos and say how I do it differently now. Because it's that thing you were saying, like, look at it and see what you can learn from it, whether it was good or not good. Yeah. And that is how yeah. that's how we, we learn anything in life, whether that's learning to walk, learning to play piano, or learning to kill it at Instagram, I suppose. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we all start somewhere and we can all learn from our mistakes. You've got to make them. No one's perfect. You've got to make these mistakes to go, oh, actually, that didn't work. I won't do that that way. I'll do it this way. Yeah. And anyone who's ever been a parent raised the child knows that yes you can't avoid making mistakes you you desperately want them to just not have to make those mistakes and then you realize that the only way we learn is by screwing up and fixing it yeah sometimes you have to let them fall to know that they shouldn't be doing things a certain way it's just one of life's lessons isn't it we've been very profound today we've gone profound we have (laughs) (laughs) i'm quite impressed because we're not always the most profound people when we have a conversation no exactly but you know maybe it's good profound hopefully it's good hopefully it's helpful to people where can people find you online if they want more of this excellent profundity (laughs) so my website is humphreyandgrace.co.uk and you can find me across social media as humphrey and grace where the username space is long enough or humph and grace on places like twitter where there aren't enough characters awesome thank you so much for talking to us thank you for having me Show notes are at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 20. Hooray, we made it to 20 episodes. 
and you can catch up with both of us on instagram and on twitter to let us know what you thought we love hearing your comments every week it really means the world to us thank you so much for listening and i will see you next week Bye.